0: Your Fire Podcast. Content discussed on this podcast is general in nature. Please seek specific advice from qualified professionals. Now, let's start with the quote of the week. What is not okay is that when you fail, you stay down. Whoever stays down is a loser. And winners will fail and get up. Fail and get up. Fail and get up. You always get up. That is... A winner. That is a winner. Good day, listeners. Welcome back to the pod. I have got Danny here with me today from SharepliCity, uh, giving us some insights and tips into what's cooking in the stock market space. Danny, I've been missing you for a month or two now, I think. So <laughs> the market keeps changing. But before we get, jump into the markets, how are you? I'm good, Jazz. How are you? You're good. Life is good. Lots Great. happening.
1: Yeah, what's happening? Well, we're lucky we're we're back to normal here in Sydney and you're back to normal in Melbourne. So what's happening? I think you wanted to start over in the US, did you?
0: Yeah, that's right. So if we can jump with the maybe infrastructure proposal, which is and the Biden's tax proposals, maybe maybe we start with that and then Yeah, go sure. Into- so
1: so obviously the um, Biden administration has come in with some really big spending plans um you had the infrastructure bills and you've now got another bill on the table. So we're talking in the in the trillions, which is causing a lot of discontent for some commentators because in combination with the very um, sorry relaxed monetary policy that you have uh, with the Federal Reserve, um, there's a lot of people that are extremely concerned. Uh, that these spending packages injecting so much money into the economy is going to cause the economy to overheat um, and that you're going to end up having a 1970 style inflationary takeoff, um, which starts probably in the commodities markets, the energies markets, a shortage, and then you actually see it moving out into wages. Um, because in the 1970s, you actually had an explosion in wage growth, which caused lots of problems. Mm-hmm. This time around, that's actually the key point. The 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 Federal Reserve, j and Ian Lowe here with the RBA, they actually want wages to go up. They actually want full employment. They actually want to see some inflation. So at the moment... People are obviously saying with the Biden administration's big spending program that you're actually going to get all of that plus a lot more, which causes markets to become unsettled and nervous. In terms of the actual tax increases, it's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out in terms of Congress, because there's no guarantees that Biden's actually going to get the full extent of the the packages through. And uh, whilst the markets are having sort of concerns and conniptions over that it's too big spending and the economy is too strong, I think the latest GDP figure came in in the US at about 6.4%, that I don't think you're actually going to get agreement from um, necessarily the more conservative Democrats And the Republicans to get it all through my general feeling from what I'm picking up from the US commentators is really not to worry too much about any tax increases, because most of them are very much targeted at people um, that are earning over $400,000 a year, they're not designed to hit the, the small person in the street. Um, So, really, I'm not too phased about that at this stage. Apparently, there was some selling last night, a lot to do with um, people wanting to take some profits. There was a run-up in the US markets over the month of April, which coincided with the Mm -hmm. 10-year Treasuries coming down from about 1.77% down to about Mm 1.56%. So, you're seeing some consolidation in the 10-year bond rate. Uh, but, you know, we we're also seeing comments like Janet Yellen, um, who's head of Treasury, coming out last night and also probably uh, probably erroneously making a comment on where she thought inflation should, was going and whether or not interest rates would go up. And between her statement early on in the morning and then in another state in the statement in the afternoon, uh, some experts are saying that she probably had her wrist slapped by not only Biden, but also Powell, like it is not her job anymore to comment on interest rates. And, mm. and, and Janet Powell, while she's very, very good, um, is also synonymous with saying that interest rates had to go up in America in 2015, December 2015, which caused huge damage to markets and the economy, etc. Cetera, et cetera, So I think at the moment, investors need to understand that there's very much this push-me-pull-you scenario where you've got very high booming commodity prices across the board, whether it's building materials, it's timber, it's food prices, you've got transport increases, you've got the energy prices moving up, there's a steel shortage, there's semiconductor shortages, Um, Goldman Sachs is looking for the oil price to go up to $80 a barrel, It's clearly not even at $70 yet. So you've got all these these people saying that as um, world's demand comes back into play, everything, all the inventories globally had been run down a lot, Um, the strong demand, companies are responding in kind and there are some real and material shortages out there that are causing inflation. Now, the key question that... um, the big picture thinkers so Powell and everything is is this inflation going to be transitory as in this year okay and is it going to go into next year and the two views between yes it's going to go into like a super cycle of commodities you know inflation becoming embedded in the system versus no it's going to actually revert more down towards that two two and a half percent um that debate is probably split 50 50 out there in the marketplace jazz mm. and that's the problem because the the 10-year bond will get pulled around as will the 30-year i haven't looked at that but in the u.s and equities are always going to respond to the narrative around our interest rates going up and how far are they going to go up and how fast they're going to go up and therefore which stocks do we actually buy in the markets
0: Mm-hmm. So based on that, um, and every everywhere you look at, I mean, in terms of the financial news, it's there's talk of the commodities cycle. Basically, that the next five years, or maybe up to ten years, it will be a commodities cycle. So there will be big jump in the prices of some of the key commodities, whether it's in the EV space or whether it's um, silver and all that stuff. Um, so two questions over there: Is, from an investor's perspective, is commodities the place to uh, play? in 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 short to me not short medium and long term and second is um high inflation what from a from a high inflation if if we are going to expect a high inflation over the next few years how should you uh look at the stock markets well i'm
1: not convinced we are going to have high inflation so Mm -hmm. let's look at the the tech earnings that came through, which were huge, absolutely massive. So Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, parent of Google, Facebook, Microsoft, not as good, but still a great result. So when you when we're discussing um, if inflation's going to persist, you have to remember that these earnings results and GDP numbers and inflation numbers and every number that is coming out at the moment is often incredibly low base. Mm-hmm. And almost like a depression-like event last year. Now you're getting incredible growth coming through. You have to question 12 months down the track, when you're looking at an earnings base that is that much higher, so if it started at zero, it goes to 100, mm-hmm. is it going to grow like Apple did 54% quarter on quarter this time next year or such a high base? Mm-hmm. The same can be said in commodities markets. So the commodities... The thing what is what is now, all there's all this investment going on in semiconductor production. There's a lot of investment. New Core Steel in the US is investing heavily in production because they can't meet demand. But commodity cycles are such that they respond to the demand side of the equation. So everybody having underinvested for years is now furiously investing. So the point is if the demand side, once demand is met by consumers right, we could be looking at a situation where we start to see oversupply in markets again. So I'm not, I'm not totally convinced that um, that whole high inflation, um, you know, super cycle event that we're going back to it, I think it's going to be uh, more delineated, more specific to certain sectors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we touched on briefly, jazz, you know, the renewable energy sector, clean energy, all of that. Arguably, as so much money goes into those sectors, into electric vehicles, it's going to play out in terms of oil markets by way of example, because it's it's now you have solar knocking up as one of the cheapest sources of energy production with improved batteries, with improved storage. All the fossil fuel production is going to, whether it's coal, you're already seeing coal, in demise at the moment there's you know some people trying to push the gas equation but if you translate to the rollout in evs that is going on across the globe so now it's not just tesla it is vw it is mercedes it's every big brand inevitably as people transition the demand for oil is actually going to be in a long-term secular decline. So I don't think it's as clear-cut as comparing what happened in the past to the future anymore. I think there are too many secular changes, secular shifts going on, and therefore whilst you might want to ride, um, let's say, the cyclicals at the moment, the the oil stocks, the, um, the steel producers... Uh, the banking stocks, because probably the 10-year Treasury in the US is going to go to 2%, it may go higher. So obviously the banks will benefit from rates at the longer end and it supports their margins. But, for example, in Australia um, over yesterday, Ian Lowe came out and he said, look, we're now expecting growth in Australia to be higher at around 4.75% this year GDP growth and 3.5% next year. But uh, we're still only looking at inflation expectations of two percent by mid 2023, uh, versus 1.75 percent before. And at the earliest 2024, before rates move, because that's when they envisage that they're going to get sustained inflation at two to three mm-hmm. percent, and hopefully moving more towards full employment and that's really the the difference it's 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 the central banks now want to just not see a flash in the pan inflation they want to see it moving more into the system because don't forget you still have deflationary forces coming from lower cost of production of certain goods Mm -hmm. that's been exported from countries like China and now you move down the cost curve to the likes of Vietnam. You've Mm -hmm. still got ageing populations. You've still got people saving a huge amount. Mm -hmm. So I think that the best thing that investors can do is that You probably need to, if you want to try and trade these markets, you need to be nimble. You have to realise that there's overcrowded positions in some of the big tech companies and some of the more expensive technology sectors, green energy sectors. So everybody's now piling back in the other way to all those companies that had underperformed for so many years, whether it's the reflation stocks, the value stocks. Mm -hmm. But... If the narrative as described, if the proposition as described by Jay Powell and Ian Lowe comes to the fore, then those stocks, as they are sold off over the next 12 months, are actually going to afford good buying opportunities if you don't hold them.
0: Mm -hmm. So that's a good point that you made, Denny over there, with regards to whether it's going to be high inflation or not. Um, I'm just going to bring property in for a second into this uh, picture so obviously we are seeing property prices uh, growing at a record pace uh, in Australia, and I'm, I read that I, I'm not sure on this, but because I don't have the news in front of me, but same thing is happening probably in the US as well. Um, so CPI doesn't take into account the house prices and all, but when you look at the way at the pace that they're growing, isn't that already showing you some signs of high inflation? We've
1: had, we've had high property prices, but no um i think high inflation you have to understand is um it's it's a basket of goods of what we consume it's a real question mark over what they actually put in the basket so private school fees are not in there private health insurance i think is in there um but we all know that In certain aspects of our lives, inflation has been low, quote, unquote, but some things have been going through the roof. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem. We're talking about inflation that actually more changes itself in terms of actually getting real wages growth, Mm -hmm. because that's the problem, is that our economies have become uh, more more separated. So the wealthy that have assets, whether it's, property, shares, cryptocurrencies, you name it, art, expensive cars, their wealth has expanded exponentially over the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. But the poor workers, the ones that are the Uber drivers or the the food delivery um, people, or even just the basic workers, their salaries have not been going up. And that's the real problem. That's what the central banks want to resolve. Because until you actually get wages growth and all these people that are still disenfranchised, still unemployed from last year, there's 10 million people that still have not got jobs or cannot get jobs in America. And still you, until you get back to get them functioning in the system, then they're not achieving what they want to. Because ultimately... I guess what ironically they're trying to achieve is a more equal society because at the moment it's too disparate between the two groups mm-hmm. so even though you've had money supply growth um, m2 growing really strongly like 26 percent year on year in america all of it the velocity of money has kept collapsing and that's because people are saving and instead they're buying properties. I was having a look at some property figures today. Um, I think I picked up that investor loans in um, Australia in the last month for property investment is back up, you know, up at 50% year on year, as well as um, owner occupied. So the problem at the moment is companies, particularly here in Australia, they're just not investing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and then that's you're not getting the productivity gains coming through. So without spending too much on the macro theme, if you want to position your share portfolios, just remember Australia is perceived as a commodities country, the reflation cycle, it's going to put upward pressure on the Australian dollar, which is not what the Reserve Bank wants. Mm. You've had laggards in the healthcare stocks in Australia, although Mm. ironically some of those now are starting to be reopening trades. And the reason is because their traditional businesses were so badly disrupted and shut down because of COVID. So plasma collections for CSL had to stop. Well, now that you're getting vaccinations, uh, in the US in particular, um, you're starting to see plasma collections moving back up again. That should be a positive. Um, Some of the more um, things like Ramsey Healthcare or ResMed, where they're traditional businesses, they just couldn't do it. We couldn't go to hospital. Same with Cochlear. Mm. Um, So in Australia, you're going to see these distinct separate groups of probably support for the likes of the Woodside's, the BSP, BHP's, the Fortescue's, the mineral resources. You're probably going to see good support for the banks. Um, I, was, I hosted, I emceed a conference for the Australian Investors Association about 10 days ago, almost two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And... Um, <clears throat> Quite a few of the um, investment gurus like Julia Lee, they're very positive on the banks. In fact, I'm back now personally holding the banks, having not really held them for, you know, uh, six years. And I guess the reason is, is because I want to pick up some good dividend income. And arguably, hopefully, the economy is going to continue to do well over the next two to three years. So there should be, to justify the valuations of the banks, um, earnings upgrades coming through. But at the moment, it's there's almost like with such good results like you saw in the big tech stocks, a lot of people saying, well, how can it get much better from here? So I think rather than inflation and all that being a problem, I actually see more people starting to say, well, this year is just so huge and the results are so fabulous How on earth are we going to replicate that in 2022? Mm
0: -hmm. So interesting. You just mentioned banking sector over there, right? Um, Mm -hmm. With what's happening in the fintech space, leave cryptocurrencies aside, totally different beast, but what's happening in the fintech space with all these neo banks popping up, does that not concern you from a, a banking sector perspective if you're an investor that... Uh, these new neobank disruptions yeah yeah I think
1: it's, I think it's a really fair point I wrote in my upcoming book Jamie Dimon says you know the CEO of JP Morgan the biggest concern he has over the, the payment disruptors so he's talking the squares the PayPals the afterpays etc um Interestingly, a, a friend's sister, who I know, so I saw on Saturday. She's actually working at a new neo bank here in Australia. She's, a, I think, the in-house lawyer, and she's trying to get them a banking license. Mm-hmm. Well, let's put it this way: it, it it could be a case of the authorities go, oh yes, we want more competition. But when it actually comes to giving out a banking license, it's incredibly hard. So I see. I see that there's new CEOs of our banks here, particularly NAB, Westpac, ANZ. They seem much more proactive and on the front foot, even Commonwealth um, with Matt Common, It's that they're more proactive, that they just can't sit back and be a lazy, fat oligopoly like they were for so many years. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I think you're absolutely right. I think there are going to be aspects of the finance industry that are heavily disrupted. I don't think they can sit back and do nothing. But what I think is that there is a trend because they're kind of, they're they're less traditional CEOs. Like they've, they've said, we need to invest for the future, we need to change our models, we need to cut costs. Of course, it's not going to happen overnight. But I think the risks of um, the digital disruption and the neo banks at the moment yes, it's absolutely there. It's not going to go away, but it may take longer to play out than what most of us think. Mm-hmm. Sometimes technologies take a long way to play out. When you think about the um, telecoms um, technology and, and media, 2000 bubble, how many people were running around saying, oh, I'm going to sell this online, I'm going to sell that online, my business is going to do this, that and the other, and it all amounted to zero. How many companies actually survived that? Now, obviously, Amazon is one of them, you know, Google, etc. et cetera, but it, it's 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 a thing that it's just going to sometimes the trends can take longer to play out. Same in the renewable energy space. Those companies have had so many false dawns only to fall flat, but I think now... You can safely assume that there is so much money going into renewables. Therefore, the question is, how do you pick the winners, and where do you want to go?
0: Mm-hmm. Or oh, you'll see a lot of M and mergers, and acquisitions. Happen. Oh, absolutely. Bank of Queensland with me. And me is not exactly a fintech, uh, but it's an online player. So yeah, that kind of stuff happening, which will uh, make the banks more appealing. So absolutely. A lot of arguments, basically
1: yeah but i guess it's a case of you know income is still very hard to find Mm -hmm. and i guess when i said i'm in the banks the reason is is because i just don't want to keep on buying ever larger portions of necessarily buying my stocks like zero and rea and stocks like that and i just got sick of sitting in cash basically so i probably bought them at the top of the market we'll have to wait and see
0: (laughs) You know stock markets enough, so you'll be fine. <laughs> um,
1: oh no, stock markets have a nasty habit of reminding everybody who's boss.
0: I, I think we are about to see that in the crypto space. To be honest, <laughs> there's oh. part of that's happening in in that space. Um, but so basically, uh, from Danny' perspective, uh, commodities, health sector, and uh, banking sector looks good uh, on ASX.
1: Yeah, and and so I think there's a little bit of um, I was listening to the the strategist at Morgan Stanley in America. He feels that um, it's not. It's I'm picking up from a few people. If you're looking to um, maybe de-risk the portfolios a bit, mm-hmm. um, lying in spaces like healthcare, like consumer durables, is not such a bad idea at the moment because they haven't run as hard. So if there is an expectation that economies are overheating or anything like that, or economic economic growth is gonna kind of going to have a blow off top, and then things come down, then maybe a bit of defensive positioning. Isn't okay. such a bad idea? Longer term, I'm still a big, big bull on disruption, secular growth and technology stocks and you know, software companies and everything like that. But at the moment, they're just You know, I'd use the sell-offs to buy the big tech in America if you don't have them. Mm. Um, They're stocks to own, you know, for the longer term. I don't see that that's changed at all. Mm. Um, But at the moment, when you have results like theirs, which were absolutely, you know, spectacular off the Richter scale, like, you know, massive growth in, in revenues between 35 and 54%, But there's headwinds for a lot of them, whether it's valuation metrics through the 10-year, whether it's um, chip shortages, whether it's, you know, America chinese trade concerns, whether it's Taiwan. Taiwan's still hanging out there as a potential black swan event, what the Chinese are going to try and do there. I mean, hopefully they don't, you know, they obviously want Taiwan, it's just in what capacity they and when they're going to go and try and do a Hong Kong on it.
0: Yeah, and how US is going to play that in that space. Exactly. Yeah, so. But
1: Australia seems far too vocal at the moment, in my most humble opinion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's good, I guess. Uh, so that's interesting um, with the with the disruptions that are that we are seeing in the markets, whether it's fintech or crypto. We can. Talk all day on that stuff. But anything particularly on ASX or s p and uh, that you like, any 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 particular stocks in that space that you think uh, can really be the winners of the, uh, of the future likes of Tesla and all?
1: I still think Tesla is going to be a winner. It's just it's not its year this year. They've got a lot on their cards. Mm-hmm. Um, they're obviously building the Berlin factory. They're building the texas factory there's question marks over the 4468 or 486 batteries they're trying to do the new smaller high efficiency batteries that they want to manufacture that they can get into the cyber truck um this the, the result they had was absolutely excellent if because yeah. if you you strip out the fact that the model S and the Model X wasn't in there, which is their high-margin business. They're Actually, their gross margins went up, Mm. um, but they had a couple of one-off costs because they're doing a refresh, as they call it, on the Model S, and that was a $200 million hit. Um, But I think that having performed so well last year, Tesla needs to consolidate. There's obviously a lot of people saying, well, of course, the incumbent car manufacturers, Ford, GM, um, VW, they're all going to come along and basically wipe out tesla and i don't think that's going to happen at all you just have to watch people that get exactly (laughs) shaking his head it's like you kind of go they've engineered an electric vehicle from the ground up they haven't got an ice vehicle ripped out the internal combustion engine and shoved in a battery system and that's that's the big difference which people don't understand i'm no engineer but And I've only been in a Tesla once, um, my friends. And it's like you just see the expression of people on their faces when they get into a Tesla and they're only making the vehicles better. So long-term play, yeah, assuming Elon doesn't go you know, missing in action, he doesn't go A wall. he doesn't, you know, do this, that and the other because he's obviously a highly intelligent genius but very <laughs> eccentric. I still think Tesla's a great story, but people are going to buy VW, they're going to buy Ford, they're going to buy GM because they're cheap mm-hmm. and they think that, you know, Tesla's market share is going to be wiped out and I think the biggest thing people don't understand about Tesla market share, right, and you would get this jazz because you get maths and it's such an easy concept, like Tesla has the largest EV market share in the US. Now, it's not going to sustain that. With the best will in the world, you know, if they get it down to, goes from 80%, 70%, I think it's around there. It'll go maybe somewhere between, I don't know, 15 20%. Nobody really knows. But the fact is the whole market is growing at such a huge rate. It doesn't matter that their market share is falling because they still can't supply enough demand. Mm. But... Moving on from Tesla, I think that cybersecurity is still a massive sector in the US to have exposure to. I've been a long-term CrowdStrike um, shareholder. Um, they've continued to do well, but it obviously it's an interactive software cybersecurity platform. Um, you can also buy hack and get a splattering because there's different cybersecurity stocks Some um, gear more into the government space, like a Z-scaler, I'm led to believe. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very bullish on that. I still think the renewable clean energy space is one to play in. Um, Again, I think that's probably wiser to do it through ETFs. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just trying to think in Australia, you obviously have the option of looking at the lithium plays or the rare earth plays, so lithium, mineral resources is a big one. You can look at Linus. I'm not really, um, you know, I'm not typically a great um, commodity-style investor. It's just not my thing. Mm -hmm. Um, What else have I got? And then then I have, like, kind of quality cyclicals Mm -hmm. sitting in the portfolio. So I've still got BHP. I've got some Fortescue. Uh, In the US, I have Morgan Stanley rather than the other banks. Um, So I tend to... I've got some Honeywell which hopefully will benefit if um, you see Boeing doing a little bit better. Um, So I tend to kind of hover in that thing of, if you were to say, uh, cyclical stocks are going to do well, which they have done very well, I've made lots of good money on them, but I want to, I just don't want to bottom fish and take the worst company. I keep on subscribing to to the thing of trying to pick a quality company with a good balance sheet, with good cash flow, Um, So, if the, you know, the whatever hits the fan, they're still good companies.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good point. And I agree with you people who are talking down Tesla. uh, I think there's one bet that you should never take that is try and shot Elon Musk. That guy's a genius. Is a genius.
1: <laughs> well, you understand he's a genius, but a lot of people don't understand he's quite the genius. And that's the problem. <laughs> he's sort of because he, you know, it's it's that thing you listen to his earnings calls and the baby's crying in the background and he's muffling down on some bad speaker. But most of the time, you know, he's the world's worst communicator.
0: Yeah.
1: But that's the problem.
0: He's got, he's got many skills. He's got many other useful skills that, that are important. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like being
1: chief, <laughs> chief engineer on SpaceX and Tesla. Yeah.
0: Um, that's really good, um, Danny. I think that's pretty good coverage over there. Uh, anything else that you would like to add? Um, at you
1: know, some point, you're going to see a pullback, a more hefty pullback in the share markets. Um, it's just going to be what's going to be the catalyst for that. Uh, whether it's the 10-year moving up too quickly to 2% or above it, uh, whether it's the always remember, and I'm I'm reminded by someone who's very clever, it's that the the real downdrafts in markets are usually because markets are starting to expect a um, recession. Mm -hmm. And as much as everyone is as bullish as anything, I think equally you've got to say, well, at what point is it going to be as good as it gets? Mm -hmm. And I think that's equally a risk playing out at the moment, that valuations are high, expectations are high. So companies that disappoint are going to continue to be very heavily penalised. And obviously, Mm -hmm. whilst we are coming, you know, vaccinations are being rolled out I mean, you've obviously got desperately sad situations like India, but there's also other countries that are now experiencing big outbreaks. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole pandemic thing, whilst it's improving, it hasn't gone away. And that's what people forget. It's still Mm -hmm. here. We're still a year on. We still have borders closed in Australia. Mm -hmm. Australians are not really wanting to get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're kind of back to normal, but we're not back to normal.
0: Yeah, it's COVID normal that we are living in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly, Jazz. <laughs> uh,
0: look, Danny, appreciate your time. Like always. My this. pleasure. Um, oh, by the way, just for the listeners, when is, when when is your new book coming out? Uh, Shapeless City uh, is that the name? Shapeless City Two or?
1: Yeah, it's Shapeless City Two, a guide to investing in US stock markets and it's currently being reviewed and it is due out and be able to be purchased on my website in June, probably mid-June, but available through bookstores and online um, end of June, beginning of July. Awesome. Um, Lots on secular growth themes.
0: That's awesome. Great. Uh, I'm sure it will do equally much better than your last one.
1: Well, better would be good. (laughs) This one was fairly good, but I'd
0: like better. Uh, Well, look, I appreciate your time. Thanks for being on the show. And uh, to the listeners, watch the space, play safe, stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time.